This is my Bible. It is the Word of God and the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am. I'm seated right now in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine. And I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert. My spirit is receptive as I am taught the Word of God. My life is changed for the better. And I will never be the same again. Amen. May be seated. Today, we're going to deal with everyone's favorite topic. It's right up there with walking in love, and that is forgiveness. Over the past three Sundays, we learned that salvation and healing are two sides of the same coin. Salvation and healing are our twofold redemption in Christ. And we saw from the Word of God that just as much as our Heavenly Father wants us to be forgiven and saved, to the same degree He wants us to be healed, we saw that just as much as Jesus paid the price for us to be forgiven and saved, He paid the price for our healing. We saw that even though we sometimes get it in our minds and in our hearts that forgiveness or salvation is easy and healing is hard, that, that's not the way it should be, and that's not the way it should be scripturally. Forgiveness and healing, salvation and healing are our twofold redemption in Christ. Forgiveness and healing go hand in hand, but so too does forgiveness and faith and forgiveness and answered prayer. And Song of Solomon 2 and verse 15, in the New King James, Solomon writes, the little foxes spoil the vines. And there's an important principle there from one of the wisest men who ever lived, and that is that when we miss it and we're defeated in life, it's often because of basic, basic issues like forgiveness or not walking in love, which is the command of the New Testament. You know, when someone has missed it and they're defeated in a particular area of life, often it's not because of some deep, complicated, mysterious, advanced issue, often it's the basic issues of life where it's basic spiritual matters like forgiveness and not walking in love. And that's why Solomon wrote that the little foxes, they, they spoil the vines. A few weeks ago, Pastor encouraged us that if we need a faith checkup to figure out why our faith isn't working, we should begin in Mark chapter 11, and verses 25 and 26. I'm going to read it out of the King James. When you stand praying, forgive, if ye have aught against any. And that's a little foreign to us being in the King James. What does that word ought mean? If you've got a problem, if you have an issue, if you have a beef with anyone, when you stand praying, forgive, if ye have aught, if you have an issue, if you have a problem, if you have a grievance, if you have a dispute, if you have a beef with anyone, that your Father also who is in heaven may forgive you 
your trespasses. So Jesus taught clearly that if we want to be forgiven, we must forgive. Now, when you were born again, whether it was in children's church or when you were older and maybe you prayed at home or maybe you walked the aisle in church, when you were born again, your spirit, the real you on the inside, was saved. But when you were born again, your flesh was not saved. And our flesh doesn't always want to walk in love. And our flesh does not always want to forgive. And if we're honest, we would admit we don't always feel like forgiving. But Jesus taught, when you stand praying, forgive. If ye have ought against any, that your Father, also which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive you your trespasses. So this is serious. Tell your neighbors, say, this is serious. Tell your other neighbors, say, this is serious. We're to forgive if we want to be forgiven. But even more serious than that, if we don't forgive, our Heavenly Father will not forgive us. Well, we don't want anything to hinder our faith. We don't want anything to hinder our praying or our prayers being answered. We don't want anything to hinder us receiving from God. So this is important. And this is the only specific hindrance to faith and prayer Jesus taught on. So it's important. If we want to be forgiven, we must forgive. And if we don't want our Heavenly Father to hold anything against us, we can't be holding grievances and grudges and beefs with other people. Jesus is our Lord and Savior. We're to follow Him. We're to imitate Jesus. We're to become more like Him. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. The NIV says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. You know, in 2023, with social media and all the technology, people are imitating all kinds of things. They're imitating celebrities. They're imitating politicians. But for us as Christians, we're to imitate who? Jesus Christ. He is our example. His behavior, his conduct, his speech, the way he treats others, that's our example. And that is what we are to measure and to judge ourselves by. Turn over to Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22, beginning in verse 47. And this short miracle, this is a wonderful, wonderful example of the character and the nature of Almighty God. And it's another wonderful example of how much our Heavenly Father wants us to be healed and wants us to be made well. And Pastor and I both the past few weeks and these, these messages have dealt with the fact that for us as full gospel charismatic people, one wrong road we can head down is thinking that we have to earn our healing, that we have to deserve our healing, thinking that perhaps we have not been healed because we are not good enough to be healed. Well, that's wrong thinking. And here in Luke's gospel, we have an example of how that's wrong thinking because we're going to see that G we're going to see Jesus heal a man who did not deserve to be healed. We're going to see Jesus heal a man that actually was doing a part of doing wrong to Jesus. And regardless of that, Jesus heal him. 
Luke 22, beginning in verse 47, while Jesus was still speaking, a crowd came up, and the man who was called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. He approached Jesus to kiss him, but Jesus asked him, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? When Jesus' followers saw what was going to happen, they said, Lord, should we strike with our swords? And to give a little background, if you read the Gospels, the first time Jesus sent them out in ministry, he sent them out without provision so they would learn faithfulness upon Almighty God that he would provide their every need. In religion, some people make a big deal about that. We're not supposed to have any provisions. Well, you got to keep reading your Bible. The second time he sent them out, he sent them out with provisions. He said, take a money bag. And he even said, take a sword. So they said, Lord, should we strike with our swords? And one of them struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his right ear. We find out in John's gospel that this was Peter, bold Peter, brash Peter, the fisherman. One of them struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his right ear. But Jesus answered, no more of this. And he touched the man's ear and healed him. He was a servant of the high priest. He was a part of this mob arresting Jesus in the middle of the night. If anyone did not deserve the grace of God, if anyone did not deserve the mercy of God, if anyone did not deserve the healing touch of Jesus, it was this man. But Jesus answered no more of this, and he touched the man's ear and healed him. Why don't we say this? Say, my heavenly father, he wants me to be healed. He wants me to be made well. He wants me to walk in divine health. And again, we, we can head down all kinds of wrong roads. And again, one of those wrong roads for us as full gospel charismatic people, we can head down this road of, well, I, I've got to be good enough to earn, to deserve my healing, and, and I've got to do this, and I've got to do that, and I, I've got to pray more hours, and I've got to fast more days, and I've got to do this, and I've got to do that. It's wrong thinking. It is the nature and character of Father God to heal. It is the nature and the character of Jesus Christ to heal. And we know from the Word of God that we're forgiven, that we're saved, that we have been made the righteousness of God in Christ, that His righteousness has been credited to us, yet we, we still, because of religion and wrong things and wrong thinking and wrong teaching, we, we still feel like, well, I'm not good enough. I don't deserve it. It's not about that. It is about what Jesus did on our behalf force that we may freely receive from the Lord's table. This man didn't earn his healing. He didn't deserve his healing. He, he was there a part of this mob arresting Jesus, but Jesus answered, no more of this. And he touched the man's ear and healed him. What a wonderful, wonderful miracle of healing and a demonstration of the grace and the mercy and the kindness of Almighty God. Then Jesus said to the chief priests, the officers of the temple guard and the elders who had come for him, am I leading a rebellion that you have come with swords and clubs? Every day I was with you in the temple courts and you did not lay a hand on me, but this is your hour 
when darkness reigns. So this was the hour of darkness, the hour of the betrayal of Jesus. And yet even in the midst of that betrayal, Jesus forgave and Jesus healed. This act of kindness by Jesus reveals the nature and character of God, his love, his mercy, his forgiveness, his nature to heal, even when we do not deserve it. You know, that's where we ended last Sunday in Psalm 107 that you know, somebody might say, well, I did this and I did that. I brought trouble on myself. Yes, and God's word is the answer. It is the remedy because it says in the Psalms that he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. And last Sunday, I made great effort to point out that that was under the old covenant. And we have a new covenant with a superior high priest with better promises. And so if even under the old covenant, Father God wanted the servants of Israel, the descendants, the natural descendants of Abraham to be healed, to be made well, even from their own destructions, then how much more does he want us in Christ to be healed and to be made well? It's all throughout the word of God. So this act of kindness by Jesus reveals the nature and character of God, his love, his mercy, his, his forgiveness, his nature to heal, even when we do not deserve it. You know, if you go to Luke chapter 18, the beginning of Luke chapter 18, there's a parable that Jesus taught on prayer. And there in Luke 18 verse 1, Luke tells us the meaning of the parable, that we should always pray and never give up. And the parable is the account of a widow woman going to an unjust judge and by her perseverance getting her answer. But too many of us, again, because of wrong thinking and wrong teaching and maybe things we've heard in the past, we wrongly think, we wrongly act, we wrongly pray as if Father God is like the unjust judge. And to get something from him, we got to wear him out. To get something from him, we've got to beg and we've got to plead or we've got to earn it or we've got to deserve it. If I could just pray enough hours, if I could just fast enough days, if I could just do enough of this and enough, enough of that, maybe then I would earn or I would deserve an answer. I would earn or deserve my healing. That's all wrong. And the point of the parable, the Bible tells Luke 18, 1, is that we should always pray and never give up. And if that woman could get her answer from an unjust judge, then how much more can we as the children of God get our answer from our heavenly Father who is good, who is wonderful, who in his very nature and character wants to forgive and heal his children. And Jesus taught on that in both Matthew's gospel and Luke's gospel. If you, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, then how much more will our Heavenly Father give good things to those who ask? It is the nature and the character of God to forgive, to heal, to bless His children. Here in Luke's Gospel, Luke 22, Jesus was being betrayed, and He knew what was ahead, His cup of suffering, to take our sins upon himself, to be scourged for our sicknesses and diseases, to be put to death, 
He knew all that was ahead, and yet he so loved that he forgave and he healed this man. This man was a part of the mob coming to arrest Jesus, yet he so loved that he forgave and he healed this man. Number one, if you're taking notes, unforgiveness is a hindrance to faith and answered prayer and healing. Number one, unforgiveness is a hindrance to faith and answered prayer and to healing. You know, we still have a, we still have a three-year-old, so we're still watching princess movies and Mickey's Christmas. I think I've seen that more than a thousand times. You know, but in one of those princess movies, there's a song, Let It Go. Well, some of us adults need to need that song. Sometimes you just have to let it go. And that's why I like the King James word there in Mark 11, that if ye have ought against any, a problem, a, a beef, a dispute, a, a grievance, something that you keep talking about that happened five years ago or 10 years ago or 15 years ago or 20 years ago. And part of the problem for us is that's the society and culture we live in, a grievance society. But that doesn't fix anything. That doesn't solve anything. That doesn't make anything better. And people get together and they protest, they go on talk shows and they, they talk about what their mother did to them or their third grade teacher did to them. There's no victory in that. There's no victory in that. And so Jesus, our Lord, taught, if ye have ought against any. You might say, Austin, I don't, I don't feel like forgiving so-and-so. I don't feel like letting it go. Well, let me remind you of what Solomon said. The little foxes spoil the vine. And that unforgiveness that you've been nursing that grievance that you've been nursing. You know, when a mother nurses a newborn baby, as they nurse that baby, that, that baby grows. That baby gets bigger. That baby develops. And we do, we do that in our own lives. We nurse some grievance. We, we nurse some beef. Some, and it, it grows and gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And we carry it around like a cancerous tumor. And it spoils the fruit of our lives. And it spoils the good things that God wants to do in our lives. Unforgiveness is a hindrance to faith and answered prayer and healing. Mark 11, verse 25, when you stand praying, forgive. This is a commandment to us from the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you stand praying, forgive. I, I don't feel like it. I don't want to. They don't deserve it. When you stand praying, forgive. If ye have ought against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. But if ye, if you do not forgive, neither will your Father who is in heaven forgive you your trespasses. Well, this is important. It's the only specific hindrance to faith and prayer Jesus taught on. Today, down in Houston, Texas, Dodie Osteen is 90 years old. She is a living, walking, breathing miracle. When anyone comes to us, whether they're a believer or not, if they, they say that they or a family member, they're facing a fight of faith regarding cancer, we always, we always recommend Dodie Osteen's little book, Healed of Cancer. 
But part of her testimony is that she was healed as she wrote letters asking for forgiveness and making situations from the past right. And it wasn't just a situation where maybe she felt she had done wrong, but being in the ministry, being a pastor's wife, situations where people had done wrong to her or her and John or to Lakewood Church, and she had nursed a grievance. She had nursed an issue. She had, she had not forgiven. And so part of her testimony is, and she was diagnosed with stage four liver cancer. It was a death sentence. She is a living breathing, walking miracle. Now I know right now there are people at home and they ate a little too much turkey. They ate a little, little too much pumpkin pie. They couldn't make it this morning because they're recuperating. God bless them. But I, I promise you that this morning, that 90-year-old woman was at Lakewood Church. She was there for both services. And in both services, she was at the front during worship praying for the sick. A 90-year-old woman and if anyone could have an excuse saying they're too tired or too old to come to church, it would be her. She is a living, breathing miracle. But part of her testimony was that she was healed as she forgave. She was forgilled as she, she was healed as she let go of some things from the past. And someone might protest and say, Pastor Austin, how I live and what I do has nothing to do with whether I am sick or not. I would remind you of Paul's warning to the church in 1 Corinthians 11, beginning in verse 29. Anyone who eats and drinks without recognizing the body of the Lord eats and drinks judgment on himself. You read 1 Corinthians, it was a church with many problems. Their services were out of control. They were mistreating each other. Then when they would gather to receive from the Lord's table, those that were better off, those that were wealthy in the church community, they would come early. They would receive from the Lord's table, but afterwards they would have a love feast, a supper. You know, us Christian people, what do we like to do? We like to eat. And so they would gather and they would eat, but the wealthy members of the congregation, they would come earlier and they would eat all the food and they would drink all the wine. And then so by the time there were those in the church community that were they were not so well off or they were poor or they were a part of the servant class. When they came, not only would there not be any food left over, but there would be people there drunk, acting ridiculous. And so Paul writes and says, you have, you have literally drunk judgment on yourselves. He wrote, anyone who eats and drinks without recognizing the body of the Lord eats and drinks judgment on himself. Verse 30, that is why Many among you are weak and sick, and a number of you have fallen asleep. That is, died. We can say it this way, died prematurely. But if we judged ourselves, we would not come under judgment. So yes, we bear in our lives the consequences and the harvest for what we've done and how we've treated others. So unforgiveness is a hindrance to faith and answered prayer and healing. Number two, Jesus taught forgiveness. Jesus, our Lord, taught forgiveness. Matthew, Jesus saying what he said in Mark's gospel, Matthew 18, beginning in verse 21. Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times? You know, Peter threw out a number he thought was uh, generous. Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. 
Now, forgiveness and walking in love does not mean that we let people use or abuse or take advantage of. You know, some people, they need to be loved from a distance. You know, and sometimes, especially the holidays, someone will ask, you know, Pastor Austin, can, you know, if somebody's headed down a wrong road, can I have them over to my house? Well, not if you think that they are going to purposely be a bad or negative influence to your children or to your grandchildren. You know, if people are willing to gather and eat and watch the cowboys and behave, that's one thing. But if you have someone and they want to come over and they want to be ungrateful or they want to have a bad attitude or they want to take a teenager aside or take a grandchild aside and try and tell them something contradictory to what mom and dad believe or grandpa and grandma believe, well, that's a problem. So sometimes part of walking in love is loving people from a distance. Sometimes part of walking in love is keeping people at arm's length from us. But we are, we see clearly from what Jesus taught, we are to forgive. And we're to forgive not just once or twice, we are to forgive. Even though Peter later protested, Jesus told Peter he would deny him three times. And that's exactly what Peter did. He denied the Lord Jesus Christ three times. And one of the times he denied the Lord Jesus to a young girl. He, that, that's how embarrassed he was. When Jesus was arrested, every single one of the disciples abandoned him. The Bible says that they were scattered, and yet Jesus forgave them. Jesus forgave them all. We find out that Jesus forgave Peter. And later, in, Jesus restored Peter to full-time ministry in John chapter 21. Jesus also taught that those who have been forgiven of much love much. Now the Pharisees, the religious leaders, didn't understand how when Jesus came to one of their homes, Jesus permitted a woman to wash his feet. But Jesus taught that those who have been forgiven of much love much. So Jesus taught forgiveness. Matthew 6, verse 14, For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Now you might wonder why Pastors Gene and Sue or why Jessica and I are so blessed. This is part of the blessing. Yes, it's a matter of faith and prayer and living right and working the plan of God year after year or decade after decade, but it's also the secret of forgiveness and the secret of walking in love and the secret of learning how to put people's wrongdoing in the hands of God. Turn over to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. Matthew 5, beginning in verse 10, I'll read it out of the King James. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you, persecute you, and shall say all manner of evil against you for my sake. And they say evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The NIV says when they falsely say all manner of evil against you. Well, Pastor Austin, so-and-so posted something that wasn't true. So-and-so said, you won't believe what they said about me. 
you got to put it in the hands of God. Forgive. Walk in love. Put it into the hands of God. You might say, Austin, that, that's difficult. That's hard. It is. But it is the more perfect way of Jesus. But it yields great power, great favor, great blessing with Almighty God. And it's how we're to live. Because again, unforgiveness is a hindrance to faith, answered prayer, and healing. Even pastor and I have to forgive. Even pastors Gene and Sue have to forgive. Even Jessica and I have to forgive. And why? Because Jesus our Lord taught it and he commanded it. You know, over the past few years, we, we faced something that it just, it, it's amazing to me. But people who say they're in the ministry trying to do my parents harm, trying to do Jessica and I harm, trying to do Faith Christian Center harm. Well, I can head down the road of nursing a grievance. I can head down the road of trying to repay in my finite strength, which doesn't yield anything. Or I can take the position of faith, which is, Heavenly Father, you're my source. You're my supply. You're my provider. You're my protector. You're my defense. And so I, I forgive and I bless and I put them and I put that and I put that situation. I put all of it into your hands. That's what the Lord told Moses. Stand still and see the deliverance of Almighty God. It's a position of faith to put it in the hands of God. It's the position of faith to trust God. That's why the Bible says, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. So do even pastors Gene and Sue have to forgive? Yes. Do even Austin and Jessica have to forgive? Yes. You know, I was so heartbroken recently because I, I learned about something that just greatly grieved me. You know, in the, the months, the year, and all the COVID craziness, there was a family that started coming to the church, and part of that was that as people were in churches that weren't meeting, weren't gathering, we had people come and visit Faith Christian Center. And so there was a family that was here. They were here pretty consistently, not nearly every week, but probably every other week, and they were here for months and months and months, then, then they weren't here. And I always kind of wondered, well, what happened and where did they go? And I found out recently that that family had been considering putting their teenage daughter in St. Paul's. But there was a family here in the church. And, you know, sometimes when people make certain decisions, they will try and get other people to make the same decisions so they're, they're on the same road, making the same decisions. It makes them feel better about the decisions they're making. And so I, I was so grieved to find out that a, that a family that says they're here and they're a part of Faith Christian Center, they talked that family out of putting their daughter in St. Paul's and they, they told that family that they should send her to public school instead. And then I found out that they talked them out of coming to the 11 a.m. service and coming to Faith Christian Center. So do Austin and Jessica have to forgive? Yes. Sometimes even when I see somebody out in the fellowship atrium. Sometimes even when I'm here behind the pulpit or here doing an offering during the first service or doing an announcement during the first service and I see so-and-so or I see their wife or I see their husband. Yes, yeah, sometimes we have to 
love and to forgive. And do we always feel like it? Do we always want to? No, but it is what Jesus taught. Charles Finney defined agape love, the love of God this way. It is to will and it is to act toward the highest good of the other. Jesus even gave those in leadership great authority in forgiveness. Here's something we never teach on. Jesus told his disciples in John 20, verse 23, if you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Once or twice over the years, I've heard my father say, this I do not forgive. And you might think, Austin, that, that, is, that is frightening. And when is that appropriate? When there are people that have tried to do harm to the sheep of God. They know better, but some way, somehow, willfully, purposely, they, they have set out to do harm to Christian people, to the sheep of God. And you might say, do God's men and women have that authority? Yes, Jesus gave it to us in John 20, verse 23. But that's, that's the exception. That is the rarity. Jesus forgave, so what are we to do? We are to forgive. Jesus walked in love, so what are we to do? We are to love. But we see from the Gospels that Jesus taught that we are to protect the sheep, we're to feed the sheep. But part of that is we are to protect the sheep. And when someone makes it obvious that their intent is to do harm, we have to handle it accordingly. We don't always feel like forgiving, but we are to do what the Word says. We're to follow Christ, we're to imitate Christ, we're to become more like Christ. So yes, we are to love like Jesus, and yes, we are to forgive like Jesus. Number three, Jesus forgave. I've already mentioned how Jesus forgave the disciples, including Peter. Jesus even forgave and healed a servant of the high priest in the midst of his betrayal. Luke 22, verse 49, when Jesus' followers saw what was going to happen, they said, Lord, should we strike with our swords? One of them, we know it's Peter, struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his right ear. But Jesus answered, no more of this. And he touched the man's ear and healed him. So Jesus forgave and he healed. Again, this act of kindness by Jesus reveals the nature and the character of God, his love, his mercy, his forgiveness, and his nature to heal even when we do not deserve it. Jesus forgave even on the cross. Turn one chapter over to Luke 23. Luke 23, verse 32. Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with them to be executed. When they came to the place called the skull, there they crucified him along with the criminals, one on his right, the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they, they do not know what they were doing. I've heard my father say that if people were, if they knew they were deceived, they wouldn't be deceived. The Bible says that the God of this world has blinded the hearts and the minds of men and women. Jesus said, Father, forgive them. They do not know what they are doing. They divided up his clothes by casting lots. The people stood watching and the rulers even snared at him. They said he saved others. Let him save himself if he is the Christ of God, the chosen one. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was a written notice above him which read, this is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there 
hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you're under the same sentence? We are punished justly, for we are getting our our, what our de deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, today you will be with me in paradise. So even though he hung there and had taken upon himself our sins and our sicknesses and our disease, our diseases, he didn't deserve what was being done to him. Jesus did that on our behalf. And even there on the cross, he forgave. Jesus forgave on the cross. Jesus forgave those crucifying him. Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. Jesus also forgave one of the criminals at his side. He said, today you will be with me in paradise. It is the character and the nature of God to forgive. And as Paul said, we are to imitate Christ. You see that in the book of Acts when Stephen, a young man who was assigned, called into ministry to help the apostles, when he was being stoned and put to death, he said, Father, do not hold this sin against them. Number four, forgive and be healed. Forgive and let your faith work. Forgive and see your prayers answered. Again, in Mark 11, Jesus taught that if we want to be forgiven, we must forgive. Forgiveness and healing go hand in hand, but so too does forgiveness and faith and forgiveness and answered prayer. Here is proof from the Word of God. Look over at James 5, beginning in verse 13. James 5, beginning in verse 13. Is any one of you in trouble? He should pray. Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Is any one of you sick? He should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. If he has sinned, he will be forgiven. So again, forgiveness and healing go hand in hand. Look at verse 16. Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so you may be healed. So this tells us that this is a reason as to why faith can be hindered and prayer can be hindered and healing can be hindered when there is unforgiveness or there are issues that have not been confessed and dealt with. Confess your sins to each other, pray for each other so you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. A pastor friend of mine shared this story about Dr. Adrian Rogers who pastored Bellevue Baptist Church in Memphis for many decades. And Dr. Rogers has since gone to be with the Lord. My pastor friend wrote, as a seminary student, I had the privilege of spending time with Dr. Adrian Rogers in his office at Bellevue Baptist Church. One time he told the story of two young twin girls whose parents were members of his church in Merritt Island, Florida. And those girls had developed brain tumors. The parents asked Dr. Rogers if he would come and pray for God to heal their girls. Dr. Rogers and some deacons and church leaders went to the family's home, anointed those two twin girls with oil, confessed sin, and prayed for God to heal them. Dr. Rogers said that God not only healed those girls, but years later, one of those young girls who was now married 
was a mom herself, and she was a member of Bellevue Baptist Church. So the word of God is true. And if there has been a problem, if there has been a hindrance, it's not with the Lord, it is with us. And that's why we have to, to see what the issue is, to see what's wrong, to see what's amiss. We have to break out the owner's manual and go to work. Yes, we are the righteousness of God in Christ, and we are to live as the righteousness of God in Christ. John tells us that we are to walk in the light, and to walk in the light, we must confess our sin. When we have sinned, we must confess our sin to Almighty God, and when necessary, when we have wronged someone, we must confess our sin and ask their forgiveness. This is why James taught, James 5, 16, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Now, as a point of clarification, we confess our sins to God. And yes, when you have wronged someone or done wrong to someone, you should ask their forgiveness, you should make it right. But that's different than just willy-nilly going around confessing your sins to random people. You know, you know, I'm friends with people on social media. I see stuff on social media, but I don't want to see and know everything. So I'm not going to ask you, and I don't want you to tell me. It's between you and Almighty God. You know, when there are times where we told the children we do this or that, but something came up and we were unable to do it, Jessica or I or both of us, we might ask their forgiveness and make it up to them. But I don't put that on Facebook. It's for them. It's not for everyone. And so when there is a situation where the Holy Spirit brings you under conviction and you know that you have done wrong or you've spoken in a way you shouldn't or there's a situation that may need to be made right, well, then you might ask their forgiveness or you might make it right. But we, we don't go around just telling everyone our business. We don't go around just confessing all of our wrongdoings and misdeeds to random people. That's unscriptural. It's not biblical, and it'll get you in a lot of trouble. Now, I was so heartbroken once to hear from one of my friends who lived in another part of the Metroplex that when he and his wife, the church they were going to in another part of the Metroplex, when they got engaged and were going to get married and got signed up for the premarital counseling, that as a part of that, the, the pastor, the elder doing the counseling wanted to know all their secrets and all their baggage and all their sins. I told them, that, that's bad. That, that's, not, that's not a church. That is a cult. Men are not supposed to know the secrets of other men because it can be abused, it can be misused, and that's why you have more than a thousand years of abuse by the Roman Catholic Church. Men and women are not supposed to know each other's secrets because it can be used and abused to do great harm to the people of God. So if you have sinned, we are to confess our sins to who? To Father God. And yes, if you have mistreated someone or done wrong, you may need to ask someone's forgiveness or make the situation right. But hear me now, don't misunderstand me. I don't want anyone to leave. There'll be a point of confusion. I'm not telling you to get on Facebook today and Confess the 10 wrong things you did this week or what you 
privately thought of everyone who came over for Thanksgiving this week. You're going to get yourself in trouble. Forgive and be healed. Forgive and let your faith work. Forgive and see your prayers answered. We could say it this way. Confess what needs to be confessed and be healed. Confess what needs to be confessed and let your faith work. Confess what needs to be confessed and see your prayers answered. Bring out of darkness what needs to be brought out in the light and see your faith work and see your prayers be answered. Jesus taught us to forgive if we want to be forgiven. In line with God's word, we could also say it this way. Forgive if you want to be healed and if you want to be made well. Forgive and be healed. Say this, say, Heavenly Father, I forgive, so I thank you that I am forgiven. That that grievance, that thing from the past that I have refused to let go, I let it go. I forgive them. I bless them. I don't hold it against them any longer. I forgive that I may be forgiven. I forgive that I may be healed from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet. I, I forgive and I thank you that I have been healed by the stripes of Jesus. Amen. Please bow your heads. You might be here today. You've heard me speak of the goodness of God, the kindness of God, the, the mercy of God. But you would say, Austin, I, I don't feel or know that that belongs to me. Well, friend, that's because you're not a part of the family of God. These are benefits. These are blessings that belong to those that are a part of the family of God. You might say, how do, how do I become a part of the family of God? By making Jesus Christ the Lord and the Savior of your life. If you've never done that, I, I want to pray with you today. If you, you say, Austin, I, I'm not sure that I'm a part of the family of God. I, I want you to leave the day knowing that you know that you're a part of the family of God. That Father God is your Father. That you are a part of the most wonderful family in the entire universe. I want you to have peace and know that you know. If you're here today and say, Austin, I've never done that. I've never asked Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. I've never prayed. I've never asked to be a part of the family of God, but I want to. That's you this morning, wherever you're seated, raise your hand to where I'll see it, and I'll know that you want me to pray with you. Say, Austin, pray with me. I want to ask Jesus into my heart and into my life. Thank you. You might also be here today and say, at one point in my life, I prayed a prayer. I walked an aisle, but I, I know in my heart that I don't have peace with God. Been doing my own thing, paid a price. The Bible tells us that the mercies of God are new every morning. The Bible tells us that if we confess our sins, he's faithful, he's just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You can have a new beginning. You can have a fresh start. If you're here today and say, Austin, pray with me. I want to recommit my life. That's you. If you'd lift your hand so I know you want me to pray with you, we're going to pray. I see the hands at the back. We're going to pray. Any others? For the sake of those that raise their hands, if you would, bow your heads, close your eyes. We're going to pray. Repeat this prayer after me. Heavenly Father, 
I come to you in the name of Jesus. I repent of my sins, and I ask Jesus to be my Lord and to be my Savior. I give my life to you. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for healing me. Thank you for filling me with your Holy Spirit. Thank you for setting me free of anything that would hinder me in living for you. I give you my life. I thank you. I'm a part of your family. In Jesus' name, amen. If you raised your hand to pray with me, we want to be a blessing to you. The wonderful altar ministers will get something to you to be a blessing. You might be watching or listening online now or later and say, Austin, that was for me. If you go to the address on the screen or the website, it's a short form you can fill out. To let us know you prayed. We want to be a blessing to you. You can also let us know if you'd like a Bible. We'll send you a copy of God's Very Own Child, short book by my father. It'll help you get started in living the Christian life. I hope the message today was an encouragement and a blessing to you. Amen. You might say, Austin, if I let it go and forgive, I, I don't see how the situation's gonna be made right. I don't, I don't see how it's gonna be made up to me. That's why I said it's a position of faith to say, God, you're my source. You're my supply. You're my provider. I put that situation in your hands. I forgive and I bless, and I know you're gonna make it up to me. And he always does. He does exceedingly, abundantly above all we can ask, think, or imagine. It is the goodness and the grace and the mercy of Almighty God. Amen?